What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here with one of my favorite humans that I have not had on the show for a hot minute, but I want to give a warm welcome to Stephanie Ray. She is a world-renowned embodiment and tantric sex coach. She is a somatic experiencing practitioner for trauma resolution. She also is a nervous system and emotional regulation coach for entrepreneurs, coaches, and business leaders, and an author, and just one of the most lovely connected yet grounded embodied humans that I have ever met and I am so excited to bring her on to have an epic conversation today about so many things so hi queen welcome oh my gosh it's so good to be back here with you (laughs) every time every time we have conversations it feels like the way that it it feels in my body is like I'm eating a decadent chocolate cake oh my gosh over the top of like vanilla ice cream. Yes. And it's warm and gooey. With rainbow sprinkles. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that is totally us. <laughs> Wild, crazy. <laughs> the more the, the, more the With the cherry the on the top. Yeah. <laughs> or or two cherries. <laughs> One for each of us. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys already just like see why I knew? I just knew this conversation was going to... I just knew it. I'm like, this is just going to be so fun. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, okay. So we co-ran, launched a program together. Was it a year ago? No, it was, it was many years. It it had to have been like two years ago, at least. Right. Or was it even like before like COVID time? I feel like maybe it was right around then. Yeah. It probably like two years ago. Yeah. It was, it was a hot minute ago. Um, but it was really cool because we both have like similar overlapping backgrounds and histories. And like, it was so cool meeting each other, coming together, bringing our magic together, and then working with incredible women on healing their relationship to food, body, their sexuality. Like it was beautiful. And I feel like our work just complemented the other's work so well. And I obviously just love your energy. Then we got to meet you. Got to bring the van through. You know, you know, my kids still talk about that, like all the neighborhood kids. Cause you remember you like drove the van up and my kids were like, they live there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. they live in this really cool van. And they're like with the dog. And I was like, yes, do you want to go see it? And then like all of a sudden there was like 15 neighborhood kids inside your van. Like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And I was so happy because it just showed everybody this other way of living outside of you know the little suburbia that I live in I was like yeah I have cool friends like <laughs> people still talk about it <laughs> I'm like I'm like now the mom with cool friends who live in a van with their dog that's hilarious it's so funny how <laughs> like you're not the first person to tell me that and it always blows my mind because I'm like it's that memorable but I guess it is it's just like it's like once you normalize yourself to a way of living or a way of doing something you don't realize like how maybe unconventional it is. So yeah, thanks for that reflection. And I'm so happy your kids loved it so much. (laughs) Absolutely. All the kids, all the neighborhood kids, they're all going to buy a bus now after graduation. (laughs) (laughs) They're all just going to travel together in a big pack. (laughs) And I'll be the culprit of like, well, you started it, Sam. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. You are inspiring the next generation. One child at a time. time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, well, I really wanted to have you come on the show to one, catch up, of course, but two, you made a post on Facebook maybe like a month ago. And it was all about the concept of fitting in versus belonging. And this is something that Brene Brown talks about a ton. Mm -hmm. And it's something that really has been like near and dear to my heart as somebody who like you, like many of us has felt like we've never fit in, you know, and there's been moments or maybe years or decades of our life where we have put on this facade or we've worn all these masks or we've adopted different different identities to mold ourselves or chameleon ourselves into, you know, fitting in, even if it didn't feel like the authentic us. And both of our work is so much about embodiment and authenticity and really like living loudly and boldly and just like having fun and, and all of that. And I really just, I wanted to have a conversation with you about this because I don't think it's talked enough about. I don't think the conversation, like this is a conversation that every entrepreneur, every woman needs to hear because there's a huge difference between fitting in and belonging and what happens when you find that belonging within yourself like there's no need to fit in anymore and so yeah I would love to hear like what sparked that post for you actually let's start there what was what was the inspiration behind the Facebook post that you wrote yeah so you're right it was about a month ago I wrote this really beautiful long content post um, it was the night after I went to this art battle at the Chicago um, underground arts thing ran by one of my friends. It was a really, really cool event. And I I was having a moment that week. And, you know, we all do just like you said, as women, as entrepreneurs, where you're just like, I just fit in like, you know, in any, in, in some sort of a way, in some sort of a circle, there's so many different dynamics to belonging um, and I, w- I just was like, you know, I'm going to this event. I know one person who's hosting it and I'm not going to see her there. You know, she's going to be running around doing all of the things that you do as a hostess for like a huge event. And so I was like, well, you know, what do I want to actually wear? And I was like, well, maybe I should wear something like, I don't know, conservative because it's like an art thing. But then I was like, you know, fuck it. It's the autumn equinox. And so this really symbolizes the time when Persephone like goes back down into the underworld. And so I was like, I'm dressing like a Grecian priestess who's sending Persephone down into the underworld. And I'm going to like fully fucking embody who this is right now. Um, and that and so I like I did. I like had the most beautiful dress. And I had this like gold shawl and glitter and lipstick and hair and everything. And I was like, I am going as my full self to this party. And it's not that I don't show up as my full self, you know, in different places, but sometimes we do it's it's as simple as like sometimes we change the way we dress depending on where we're gonna be going. But mm-hmm. I was like, what would happen if I was just all of who I am and all of who I am in the extraness and in this moment. And so I get there and within moments, people started becoming magnetized to me. And I started having the most in-depth conversations with the most incredible humans who are producing the most incredible art and content and videos and documentaries and who run these amazing organizations in Chicago. And it was like, I was just like, People were just being magnetized to me. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. 
Um, and it was at one point a little overwhelming because, you know, I, I'm a great extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert. And that's one of the parts of belonging is like, I had to really realize that like, oh, I think when I belong to myself, I actually have to recognize that I'm a little bit more of an introvert. So I, people were being magnetized, but I was like, I need to take a break. I'm going to go get some chips and queso and sit on the couch with all the other introverts and just like sit and stare at each other. And (laughs) and then became introverts and it was really beautiful. I walked away from this party where, you know, people kept coming up. They're like, are you performing later? Like, what is this? And they could just feel the depth of belonging that I had to myself. And, you know, it was such a stark contrast to say going to a soccer game here or just different, different places that I show up in the world. And I realized that actually the difference was me. It had nothing to do with anybody else. It's just that for this night, I was like, I'm going into the depths of who I am and into my belonging. And when I did that, it was like the most authentic, beautiful connections were being made. And I realized I have been abandoning myself in different places, you know, because there is this little part of us. It doesn't matter. I'm 41 years old and it's still this little like, oh, I sort of want to fit in here. I sort of, even if you don't want to fit in, still kind of like, oh, I kind of want to fit in here. I kind of want to be part of these conversations, even though I don't want to. And I just started recognizing all these micro abandonments I had in myself. Um, And I was like, never fucking again, Mm. never again. And God bless, God is blessed, Brene Brown, who does write so much about this, about this concept of belonging fully to ourselves. And it's like, I felt the embodiment, the depths of embodiment of that for the first time that night. And it was like, wow, I could never go back. I can never go back to any of these micro abandonments ever again, because now I know what it's like to feel that depth of authenticity in myself, even down from like the parts where I wanted to be extroverted and was like talking with people and flirting with people down to like, I'm going to go eat my chips and queso on the couch. It just all of it. And it's like, once you feel that embodiment of belonging in your own skin and in your own body and to who you truly are every second of the way, you can never go back to wanting to belong just for the sake of belonging because you don't need anybody else's approval. And you realize that when you abandon yourself, that you actually never belong to those people anyway, because they're only seeing the abandoned version of yourself. They're not seeing who you truly are. So you can never actually really belong when you abandon yourself. So that's what sparked it was, you know, the autumn equinox and Persephone's beautiful story and a great goddess dress. Oh my God. I am so happy that you chose that dress and that you posted about it. And that I happened to be on Facebook for that moment and see it because like what a like it's so it's such a small decision you know like in the moment you're like oh which dress am I gonna wear you know but then you're like whoa what happens when I choose me which is choosing this dress and then I show up in that and I rock it and then you notice how magnetic you become because you're like I fucking love this dress and it's so extra and it's so me and like what if I just owned that I'm like super fucking extra and like I am too much and all that you know like all these things that are like oh what if I just own all of that and show up in my glamorous self. Cause every time I think about you, that is like what I see you as you're like, you are the rich chocolate decadent cake. And I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> yes, you're always like, 
everything's orgasmic. Like everything's delicious. Like, oh my God, like I'm licking blah, blah, blah. You know, like <laughs> that to me, like, and that's also how I am. I'm like very sexually expressed. I'm like, yes, yeah. I just want everything to be delicious. And it's like, I think when we see women in their unapologetic expression, whether it's the dress or the way they speak or the way they present themselves online, it's like, there's a little part of our inner child that when they see that is like, yes, like, oh my God, thank God I can be myself, you know? And like, we, we get back like a little piece of us. It's like, oh, another piece of the puzzle just came into fruition and being and holy shit, does it feel so fucking good? Right. And like, I can feel that. Like I'm imagining myself in the room with the dress and seeing you. Cause I'm always drawn to really bright, big, fun, colorful clothing. And just being like, yes, girl, slay, you know, like, yes. And for the right people, that is the most magnetic thing. And it's like, it's like, imagine if everyone walked around their life dressing, let's just use clothing for a second, yeah. dressing in their most authentic style. And that would obviously change day to day, but like, say that's how it was. Everyone literally wore exactly what their like core essence, like souls, just expression is how different people would dress, how different people would do their nails or their hair or the, you know, um, bracelets or rings or tattoos, or it's like, it's so crazy how just that one example of this dress is like a way it's like opening this whole world of like, whoa, where are we abandoning ourselves and our authentic nature to fit in, to get approval, to get the validation, to, to feel like, see guys, I belong. You know, I'm even thinking about this so much in the context of social media of like around and you see carbon copies of the same branding, the same colors, the same fucking everything. And I'm like, who, who's who, like, what, like, how is it that everyone's brand looks the same? This is crazy. You know, like what? And I've been playing with this myself of like, I'm I'm redoing my website right now. And I'm thinking about it like this dress. What is the like extra version of me? That's like, and it's really about like, in my opinion, I feel like it's like peeling back all the layers, you know, peeling back all the conditioning and all the like, well, maybe this is like too deep of a V or maybe this is too bright of a color. Or maybe this is too wide of a font, you know, like there's all these like to, to this, to that. And yeah. So thank you for sharing this story because I <laughs> like, this is opening a can of worms. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I think about it a lot in the social media context as well, um, because it's very applicable to our day-to-day lives, but also like you mentioned, um, in, in the way and how we post in the words that we use in what we say, because there is a need to belong on social media. There is a need to belong. You know, if you're a coach in the coaching industry, there's a need to belong. And so it's like, you can see where this belonging almost becomes performative. It's like Mm -hmm. performing equals belonging to a lot of people. And I think that that's what you were speaking to when you were like, when you see somebody who's like, you're like, oh no, you are all fucking in on yourself. There's an embodiment to that, that you can tell. And it's, you start to, as you deepen into your own, you start to see 
what's performative and what is real. And from that point on, it's like, you just, you only can cling to the truth and to the authenticity. And there becomes no such thing as too much or weird fonts or too much colors or anything because you're like, that person is in full fucking expression of themselves and they're opening the door so I can actually do the same thing. And if they can do it and they're not dead or, you know, alone or whatever, like maybe that means that I won't actually die if I just show up as who I am on the internet. And if I like what they're saying and their truth, maybe somebody out there will receive what I have to say when I'm standing in my truth of like, what do I really want to say? What do I really want to say? Yeah. Dude. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. It's when you said the piece around once, like as you get deeper and deeper into your own embodiment and you know what's performative and what's true. And then you start to see maybe people's content that you once resonated with and you see their content and then you're in your own deeper embodiment. You're like, huh, that doesn't land anymore. Like that, Mm -hmm. like you can almost, there's this like filter that you now are seeing things through, which is the filter of truth. It's like, huh. And then truth looks like, truth looks like no filter. Let's just use that for an example. Truth looks like no filter. And then distortion or performance looks like one of those filters that like everything is like really trippy and like hologrammy. And you're like, I have to like put on glasses to see it because it's actually not the truth. And this is something I've really been like, kind of studying in a way, not even realizing it until we're just having this conversation of noticing, huh, this is so fascinating. And, and actually asking my own self of where am I abandoning myself? Where am I pretending or performing? And you know me quite well. This is something I've actually really been working on because this has been a huge, huge part of my shadow. And I think also a collective shadow um, of this fear of being too like powerful or too direct too like, you know, cause that's actually who I am. I'm like quite to the point, direct, no bullshit. <laughs> like there's no fluff, you know? And I noticed that when I first was on, on social media, like what was it? 2016, 2018, really when I was like on my stories and creating content, like I was this like, you know, like, and it was so cute, but that's also who I was then, you know? And as I've pulled back and pulled back and peeled back, I'm like, whoa, like, wow. How much has changed over the past year, three years, four years, I'm sure for you as well, like how you've shown up your, um, the way you write, the way you speak. And when I go back and listen to clips of myself, even on the podcast, I'm like, my voice is timid. It's like, Hey guys, welcome back to the show. You're like, I'm speaking from my voice. I'm not speaking from like my power center. And it's so crazy. Like today I went on my story because I was talking about like, I was talking about this up level I'm navigating. And I feel like you're also going through something like this of just maybe not this specifically, but I'm like, I'm letting go of anything that's like in my world. That's like around like victim consciousness. Like I just, I don't want to hold that or be in that. Like I really am calling forward women who are taking full responsibility for their results, for their leadership, for their everything, for everything in their life. Right. And there's no, there's none of this, like we can be in our victim, right. And and recognize it, but there's none of this, like, ah, save me complex. Like I, I'm not interested in doing that codependency, like 
babysitting thing. And I've done that in the past because I, I really didn't even know that it was happening. And so I kind of just made this declaration of like, look, <laughs> this is what's happening. Things are changing up in here. Like, I love you. And if you're going to be in your victim story, please don't come to me because I love you, but I don't want to hear it. Like, I really, I really don't. I'm not here. I'm really here for women who are in their power and who are in their leadership and who are willing to take responsibility. And I posted it and I was like, ah! Like, oh my God. Oh my God. What do people think? Like, this is the the narrative in my head. Like, what do people think I'm a bitch? What do people think I'm like, I'm insensitive, even though I'm like so fucking sensitive. What do people think that I don't care about them? What do people think? (laughs) Like, oh my God, all the drama. But I'm like, that's the fucking truth. That is the truth. Like I I've set new boundaries, new standards, new everything in my life. And what was with me can no longer come with me unless they're also elevating too, like just period. And so I just went off, you know, and I'm like, let this be a permission slip to anyone that just needs to hear this. But there was a whole part of me that was like, whoa, like, oh my God, like this is a new edge for me of really being unapologetically expressed, like actually saying what I think and not sugarcoating it and not beating around the bush, but being fucking authentic. And sometimes that authenticity is, is like an herbal bitter, you know, you need it, but it tastes like shit. (laughs) 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 So yeah. That's my instance of belonging in this moment of like, that's my personal truth and it might sting and it might turn people away. And I can't abandon myself anymore in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so beautiful. It's like what we're talking about, like with this micro abandonment, because I don't think that any of us set out and we're like, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to abandon myself, you know, maybe at certain times, like, I mean, I, you know, unconsciously we've done that, but like, it's all about, I feel like as you get deeper into this work, it's finding these like fine tunings. And so it is, it's like these micro abandonments and it's like, how have I been sugarcoating? I've been talking so sweetly to people so that even if I'm like, I got something to tell you guys, you know, it sounds sweet and sugarcoating versus saying what you really want to say. And, and I think that that is what's important because People actually want to hear what we really want to say, right? And like, okay, I can be the first to tell you, like reality TV is not reality TV. It's not real. Like so much of that shit scripted, but, or like woven together. But I think what people like about it is that you actually do get to hear what people really think, you know? And, and that's what draws us into it is because you're actually hearing like, oh, somebody else thinks these type of thoughts too, or somebody else thinks this too. It's like, we all want the truth, but very few people have the courage nowadays to actually speak their truth and speak what they really want because this desire to belong, which I empathize with because it's such a deep core need, especially as, you know, babies and children, but we cling to that. And then that's when we do start abandoning ourselves as women, because there are people that you will belong to when you start saying the things you want to say, when you start doing the things you want to do, when you start showing up at places you want to be, when you start dressing the way that you want to dress, when you start doing everything for you, you will find your people. And that's, 
I think what the beauty is, it's like a lot may fall away when you start to really belong to yourself and you're not abandoning yourself and your circle may grow a little bit smaller because I do think that there are, there are less truth tellers in this world and less people living authentically, but your connection and your depth and your intimacy is going to be like, yeah. And there are so many people out there that are just dying to hear the real you, what you really had to say, your real heartfelt message, because there's a thousand other places that we can go within 15 seconds to get the sugar coated, you know, performative or people who are, are not fully speaking and living in their authenticity. People want the real us. People want the real, real you, the depths of who you are. Yeah. You know, it's like when you were saying that about the truth piece, like it's like truth is like a frequency, you know, Mm -hmm. like truth is, is like what resonates. And it's like, what I've noticed as you were saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's like when you are really in your authentic truth and you aren't abandoning yourself. And this could be in any area of your life or your business. You know, I'm talking like down to the finite, like, like we're actually, I'm really noticing it. It's so kind of random, but it's in pricing. It's in like money. It's in actually like charging what I've been wanting to charge for years and actually only feeling like, oh my God, I've been abandoning myself in this way. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so as I've really claimed that, what I've noticed is things fall away. Of course. Right. And because of this piece of the belongingness of like, no, but this is my truth. Like, no, but this is the truth. And what I was doing before was the people pleasing. Don't want to make anyone uncomfortable thing. I want it to be really, I want everyone to, no, that is not it at all. No, the truth is the truth will, like you said, things are going to fall away. And I think it's about having the courage. You said courage. And I was like, holy shit, that's actually what it is. It takes so much courage to be authentic. It takes so much courage to stay true to yourself, especially when everything is falling away or a lot of things are falling away. People are falling away. Clients are falling away. Money is falling away. But, 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 but as you become more and more of who you are, you start magnetizing what's actually meant for you that is so you, you know, and it feels easy and it feels flowy and it feels fun. And it feels like, why was I making it so hard for myself? And it's like, as we keep evolving and shedding all the layers and actually tapping into the core of who we are and speaking the fucking thing and saying it how it is, And like kind of letting ourselves get mad because I feel like that's what has to happen. At least for me, I had to get really fucking angry and hit that breaking point of like, I cannot live like this anymore or I cannot do this anymore. I am done abandoning myself kind of like with you in the dress. You like hit a turning point of like, I'm never doing that again. You know, it's like after you date a guy who you know is not it, has all the red flags, yet you still convince yourself that he could be it, but you fucking know in your body it's not it. And then you sleep with him or something happens and then you're like, for fuck's sake, why did I do this again? And then you're like, never again. But you really mean it that time and you're like, never again will anyone go inside of me <laughs> that is not a fuck yes, <laughs> right? That Hell not- yeah. Like, it's like that moment that you're like, no. No. And you like draw the boundary. You like draw the line 
you set the new standard and you decide what you're no longer available for. And I do feel like it takes that moment of I'm no longer available for this in order for you to change. Because how will you know? Like, it's almost like you don't know what you really, really want until you're shown what you don't want. And then you're like, fuck that shit. I'm not doing this again. And then you realize how good it can feel. And you're like, oh my God, this is what I'm signing up for. And I think we all have areas in our life where we're like, you know, some women are like, they got the, they got the relationship thing on point. There's no issues there. They're like, nope, I know what I want. I'm not settling. Some people it's with money. Some people it's with health or what they put in their body food wise. You know, like we all have different areas. Um, but it is quite fascinating when you put the flashlight and illuminate the place in which you're abandoning yourself. And then it kind of shows up in other places. So like, where else? Where else is there this feeling of resentment? It's usually, I don't know, for you, does it show up as, what, how does it show up? Like, how do you know? How do we know? That's a, This is the question I want to ask you. We can work through this. How do we know when we are abandoning ourselves? Yeah, so one thing with that is, you know how you mentioned, you get to a point when you're like, oh, fuck, no, no more. I think you hit that point and you may hit that point. I would, I think it's fair to say you may hit that. You'll hit your big first one, but you might hit it a few more times, depending on where you're at in life and what's going on. Right. I don't think that there is maybe just like one lightning crash moment, but once you have that big lightning moment where you're like, no fucking more at that point, coming back to something we talked about earlier is when I believe you attune yourself to the frequency of truth. Mm. And once you're attuned to the frequency of truth after that, hell no, no more moment, you know what it feels like in your body, right? So this can even come back to embodiment and somatics, but I think that the ultimate embodiment is actually learning to belong to yourself because you're belonging to every part of yourself. And that's actually, once you can embody all of yourself, then that's belonging, right? So For me, especially since I'm in the world of somatics and embodiment, I find that now I know what it feels like from the depths. And I have a two, I am like a straight channel, like to that truth, because I have felt it and I can tap into that frequency that you do start to notice it um, as maybe even a little dissociative. Mm. I'm not saying full on dissociation, but when you start to abandon yourself, you're not going to feel like you're in resonance with yourself, which can cause a little bit of a dissociation, or maybe it's through numbing, or maybe it's like your voice starts to change a little bit when you talk. So I think that there's something in the semantics of it that you can actually, your body knows, your body knows truth. All of our bodies know truth, and they're going to show us when we're not in alignment of truth. So it may be that you even start to feel physically ill. Maybe you start to get anxiety. Maybe you or your stomach, maybe you start getting nauseous. It's like, or, or there's just an unsettling, like it just doesn't feel right because when you're in the truth, no matter how hard it is, no matter if you are the only one standing there, it doesn't matter because you can sleep at night knowing that you are in truth and alignment to yourself. Mm. And when you're up all night worrying about other people, you know that something's not in alignment. When you're lactose intolerant and you go and you eat 
you know, Chicago deep dish style cheese pizza, you're going to feel that that's not in truth with your body. It's like our bodies are also going to tell us when we're not in resonance with ourselves, And that is why I think that there's like this part of we need to be doing more embodiment work, like real embodiment work, the slow embodiment work and the somatic work, because that's when you start to realize, oh, something's not right. My body's literally telling me that something is not in truth here. And it could be also that maybe you just lose your voice. Like you don't, not like physically, you could lose your voice totally, but like you just, all of a sudden you don't have anything to say, or, you know, I, I'm curious about this as well, but I would go to say that once your body feels that, that straight frequency of truth, anything that's not that your body's going to react. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Just, I know that, that is the actual <laughs> simplest answer. It's like, and especially cause you're, aren't you a manifesting generator? Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. Aren't you too? Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's like the sacral. Yes. Right. It's like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what the fuck. Yes. is. It's like, Oh, and it, and you know, that feeling when, when something is the fuck. Yes. Which is what you're talking about. It's like that attunement point of you. We have to know what a fuck. Yes. Feels like in order for us to recognize all the no's. And I recently just had this experience as well, where I'm like, Oh my God. Like, this is what a fuck yes feels like. Holy shit. And then I was like, girl, there's so many decisions that I made, not even realizing it. And this is, again, it's not like we're purposely abandoning ourselves. It's that we didn't have the either somatic awareness or the body attunement or the knowingness of what a fuck yes really feels like, or what a no feels like to know that something's off or that's not right. Or intuition was trying to tell us like, uh, uh, uh uh-uh. because the fuck yes will feel like this, this activation in your body. Like the way that I felt when I saw your Facebook post, I was like, oh, it's kind of that feeling of like, oh, yes, I want you on my podcast. I want to talk about this. It, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no like, hmm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. No. That's cute. Like, yeah, yeah it's right. not like that. Right. Right. And it's, and I want to like say this in the context of even mentorship of like who you choose to work with, because if that person that you are stalking on all the platforms, you're listening to their podcast and they don't give you that full body, like I need to fucking be in her spaces in her world, then that's not your mentor. Especially if you're a generator or you're a manifesting generator. I can't speak to anyone that doesn't have like that sacral authority, but I think it's the same. I think it's all somatically like our body is telling us yes. And you'll feel that like, like I felt the pull to text you, you know, it was like, it wasn't even like a brain thought. It was like, my body literally was like, "Eh." (laughs) like, I was reeling you in. (laughs) Right. But you didn't do anything, you know, you just spoke. I just spoke my truth. Exactly. And so my truth was like, magnet, and I'm not surprised that I saw the message or the the post because I was like, oh, this is so in alignment, right? Yeah, because aren't you not even on Facebook? Like I you are, but you're like not, it. but that's like I, the one thing that you saw. <laughs> dude, I randomly go on that place. And every time I'm like, oh my God, this place is so fucking noisy. And like, I usually just sign off, but I go on because, you know, like just to make my notifications go from red to nothing. Like that's literally- yeah. <laughs> Maybe see a cute kitten or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a stupid meme. 
but it's really not a platform I spend much time on. Although I have been kind of going on it lately, to be honest, because I've, I've found your post and like, I don't know, it's just like trickled over, but it's crazy because I've started to notice, oh my God, especially when it comes to like, you talked about as you grow and you deepen in your embodiment and your truth and who you really are and what's the fuck yes, your circle starts to shift. Your circle starts to change and maybe it gets smaller, right? And I've noticed this a lot lately of just, just people falling away, you know? And instead of, instead of like what my somatic therapist talks about is like, instead of just letting it go, she calls it like orbiting. Like Mm -hmm. instead of just being like, okay, just like make peace with the situation. Like stop trying to reach out, stop trying to just stop orbiting them, you know, let them, let them be. Like I was always the orbiter, like hashtag like anxious attachment much, but I didn't know, you know, and it was this feeling because I didn't have that core belonging to myself. And it's like, as we deepen in this and we realize like, no, like my friends would text me back, you know, <laughs> like people would answer me if they like really actually wanted to respond. And then just choosing, like, it's like choosing yourself. It's choosing, like, I'm not available for that. You know, I'm not available to have people in my life that can't be up front and have a conversation. I'm not available for um, people that just want to gaslight. I'm not available for getting blamed for something, you know, like all of that type of thing. And you just start to set the new standards when the, when the new people come in or the new experiences come in and you realize this, this is what I'm talking about. This is what the fuck is up. Like, yes. And you have that like, oh, uh, like, yeah. Like you just won a tournament of some sort. You're just like, yo, let's go. That is the yes. And, and how funny is it? This is where I really want to hear like, yeah. It's like, how funny is it how many times we've said yes because we didn't know really what the no felt like. And then we start seeing and seeing all the places where we abandon ourselves and we're like, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like kind of quite, I mean, it's very awakening, but it's also very like, there's a lot of emotion there, you know, of like, whoa wow like but then realizing that so many people and I wouldn't say I would say most people I would assume I don't know I'm curious to hear your thoughts but like I think this is most people most people are not living their authentic truth and if the two of us are having this conversation about wearing a dress that's so you and me charging the prices that feel so me in these micro ways like I mean everyone has work to do here of course but it's like wow, like the ones that we are drawn, like the people that we're drawn to are, I would say almost, it's always that there's a deeper level of embodiment or truth. That's what we're all trying to like achieve, no? Like truth. Yeah, but I think that that actually terrifies most people. So I think a lot of what you and I talk about, you and I don't live very conventional lives. (laughs) Like we just don't. Um, We both lived the truth of our lives. And I mean, that's just, that's the reality of it. But so many people, what I actually find is that that sense of belonging actually prohibits people from living the depths of their truth because they're scared of not belonging to their parents anymore. They're scared of not belonging to their neighborhoods or their communities or their families or their partner, their spouse. 
but even their children anymore. And, you know, actually even just saying that one of the most incredible models that I have of this is one of my really good friends. Um, he, they got to, her parents got divorced and it was really hard on all the kids as, as it, you know, divorces, um, all the kids were older and he came and talked to the kids and he was like, look, I could not stay just so we all have this family, you know, that nobody even lives by each other anyway. He's like, I had to live the truth of who I am. And I just hope that you guys can now accept all of it. And it took a while for, you know, these kids, for these adult children to kind of reconcile everything in their head. But I was like, damn. And he's, you know, he, I think he's like in his like late sixties or seventies, you know, early seventies. And he's still just like, I have to follow the truth of who I am. And I just remember really witnessing that and him standing so firm in that. And I was like, God, it's so true at every age, uh, how we fear that we're not going to belong. Like I said, even down to like our own children, or I think that not belonging to your parents is so big. And so people don't do the things that they want to do. They don't say the things they want to say because they feel like their parents are going to disown them. They're going to judge them. They're not going to be accepting of them, of who they really are. And unfortunately that is true in some situations. And the greatest thing that we can do is to live our own truth and let our parents come around to it. And they either will, or they won't, but they will see that their children are doing that. And it's, it's hard because we do, we want to belong to our families. We want to belong to our communities. It's like I mentioned at the beginning, it's a very primal need. If you yeah. don't belong to something, you know, when you're little, you literally have nobody to take care of you and then you die. Yeah. So this fear of not belonging is actually like this deep rooted, like, oh my God, I'm literally going to die if somebody, if my parents disapprove of what I'm doing. And so it prevents people from actually living their truth. And so I have a lot of empathy because I do think that this fear of not belonging to these different constructs that we've had keep people from speaking their truth, from living their truth, from doing the thing that they really want to do. But guess what? Those people on their deathbeds are the ones with regrets. You and I, we are not going to be those people because we have always chosen that truth. Yeah. They're going to be the ones who are said, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have asked this woman to do this. I wish I would have followed this dream. I wish I would have taken this job. The biggest thing on your deathbed is these regrets of what I should have done, but what kept those people from doing them? Probably the fear of their parents' disapproval. Mm. Oh, dude, it's, you're right. Like, all I can say is you're right. Because I think even when Kurt and I chose to do van life, Jesus, you know, like our parent, like Kurt's dad was like super supportive. Um, My parent, my mom was like, what? Are you guys sure? You know, like she didn't really get it, but she's always like been like, all right. You know, Kurt's mom was like, oh, (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't know about that. Guys, what are you doing? And at a certain point, we just had to make the call. Like, this is what we want, though. Like, and, and I think both him and I have both always been like very unapologetic about doing what we want. And I'm very grateful to have a partner who's also so like, he doesn't give a fuck what people think, but you're right. Because, you know, I've had clients tell me like, they don't want to go full time in their business because their parents are scared that they'll never be successful. And they're carrying around their parents fear, even though they know they're going to be successful. And it's like, it's basically like they're associating growth 
their own growth, personal evolution with loss. And it's because that actually it's, I mean, it's not that it's true, but it's also not true because it's like, you're gaining things, but you also by gaining things, we have to let go of things. And it's like, it's like, choose your heart, you know, it's like, you get to choose that. And it's like, there's that, um, there's that study. I forget who did it. I really wish I will, I will put it in the show notes of this episode, but it, they basically go to a bunch of people in hospice and ask them what their top regrets are. And she ended up writing a book. I think it's a woman. Um, the top five regrets of the dying. Yes. I know that book. Yes. Yeah. And it's basically exactly what you said. You know, I wish I didn't care what people thought. I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I worked less. I wish I did what I loved. Like, I wish I told people how I felt like it's all these really beautiful, but so simple things that like our ego gets in the way or we're scared, you know, we're just freaking scared. And to your point, I completely empathize because at every new decision like this, it's brought up, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, it's like, holy shit, this is scary. It is scary. It is like, there's no way around mm-hmm. that. But like you said, it takes courage to live in your truth. And like, at what cost are you willing to live in your truth? You know, like there's, yeah. there's always a cost. There's a cost of living in your truth and there's a cost of not living in your truth. It's like, choose which one that you're willing to be with because you can't, you can't have both. Yeah. But the only one where you're going to lay your head down every night in peace is by choosing your truth. Yeah. Because even if there's some hardness to it, you're going to have the peace. Yeah. So every day when you lay your head on that pillow, you can lay in peace and rest that you chose your truth. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the most impactful podcast episodes like we've ever, well, you and I have ever recorded, but yeah. the, the podcast has ever seen. And I feel like I had just like, I can almost cry in like full goosebumps of like, it, I think this is the core of both of our work, you know, mm-hmm. like it really does bring me to tears because this is like not how I lived my life for so long and how like, like how freeing and liberating it is, but also how isolating it can be, you know? And it's, it's why, like, I remember meeting you and being like, damn, I love this bitch. I'm, I'm so happy I met her, you know? And no matter how long goes between us talking, it's like, I know I could hit you up anytime and jam on whatever the fuck and you would be so there for it, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like finding these people, being in communities, being in spaces with people who really support you doing what's best for you in living your truth, like what that actually means, how that feels in your body, because- it takes a really special, courageous type of human to do that. And when you find them, like, I don't want to say cling to them, but like, don't let them go, you know, like nurture yeah. those relationships, like be in those spaces because they're rare. They're rare fucking unicorns. And it's like, you get to be, you guys listening, like, it's like, be this, like, this is like the biggest gift you can give to yourself on this, on this earth. Like, wow. Like, wow, wow, wow. So Dude, thank you for having this conversation with me. I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone else because you are the living embodiment of it. And I love the shit out of you. Like, damn. Oh, I love you too. This was so good. <laughs> it makes me want to cry too. It's so good. I'm like literally crying. What's happening? I know. <laughs> 
I think because okay I'm not gonna keep talking anymore but like truth does have frequency and I think it does it can bring you to tears of when something is so true <laughs> this is so meta yeah. but it's like it's so meta it's so true <laughs> guys, I swear I did not microdose today like I'm completely <laughs> sober like this is just me <laughs> oh my god okay um <laughs> so where where can people find you I want to have them go 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 follow go follow you yeah where where are you mostly yeah. I'm basically all over the world as Stephanie Ray coaching <laughs> beautiful. If you, if you search, uh, Instagram is my main platform, Stephanie Ray coaching. Um, from there you can go to my website. I run an annual program called trauma to Tantra. Um, it's a woman's sexuality embodiment. Um, basically what I said, it's, uh, from going from sexual trauma to, um, using a lot of tantric and embodiment practices to really, it's interesting to find that fuck yes in your own body and with your own sexuality. So we launched that in November, um, next month. So there's that. Um, and it's actually interesting. I am, I'm publishing a book right now that I wrote seven years ago, but it's, it's funny. And I only say this because it correlates to what we said is I had such a fear of publishing this because it really talks a lot about me moving through my divorce and leaving the Mormon religion and the raw emotion of it. Mm. And I thought for so long, if I actually published this, that they would like, my dad would disown me. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I've had conversations with him, it's like, I couldn't trust it. Yeah. And finally now, like the book is coming out. Um, I'm it's over on Substack. I'm, um, publishing it in different parts. Um, so it's free for everybody just to read. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where you can find me is with my book, iron strong, Stephanie Ray coaching or trauma to Tantra right now is the best way to, to get a hold of me. Beautiful. I love you so much. You are one of my favorite humans on this, on, in this lifetime, truly. Thank you for just having this combo with me. You guys definitely um, screenshot this episode. This was a banger. Man. Yeah, oh that's a good and, one. Yeah, and please let us know your biggest takeaways. Please DM Steph and me and just let us know. Um, we really appreciate you listening and taking the time. I know it's, you know, 45 minutes, an hour of your week. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you. So we'll see you guys next week. We love you so much. Goodbye. Bye.